0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Jen Carroll Podcast. Let's get started. Okay guys, I have totally owed you a podcast, and this is a bonus! So I'm pretty squirrely today. It's September, and uh, it's a good September. Things have started to turn around in my life, so that's awesome. But one of the things I did, which I don't normally do, but I think it's pretty fun, is I went to a psychic. Actually, not a psychic, a medium. My really, really good friend, Lisa, the one who told me that D'Angelo had been arrested, wanted to get me a gift. Um, we do things for each other. We decided to know more gifts of things. We want to do gifts that really make our lives better or that we enjoy, like a massage or something where we can do it together, make it a whole outing and really have an experience. Anyway... Lisa had identified this guy in San Francisco. His name is Felix, and he is a medium, not a psychic. I thought we were going to a psychic, but I just trusted her and hadn't paid a lot of attention. So this guy was awesome. And let me tell you about this whole experience because it's not what I expected. And it might get emotional. So I'll warn you in advance, but it was really a really good reading and it came at the right time. And it's kind of funny. And let me tell you about it. So we went, I live down in Santa Cruz. We went up to San Francisco. It was a really nice day. And we had a nice lunch and hung out together. And then we went to Felix's apartment. And he's right in the center of the city, which if you know San Francisco at all, he's just a little bit off visadero, of kind of between the Castro and Japantown, kind of in that area. So it was it was nice. It was a very nice, actually. Nice little neighborhood. Um, not shishi or anything, but just nice neighborhood. Lisa was super excited because she had set everything up. And we got to his apartment and we rang the bell. And then Lisa looked at the email that said, don't ring the bell. So, okay, so we rang the bell. Oh. But the don't ring the bell part was important because... The What he does prior to our visit is that he meditates and he essentially makes himself available, right, for the reading that's coming up. So he was meditating. So we weren't supposed to ring the bell because we're both a little bit um, on the never late, always on time. So it was crack up. I, I was laughing. At five minutes before the appointment, he then let us in, which is what it had said in the email. And that's why I'm smiling because I'm like, "Eh, we're a couple of dipshits, can't even read our emails. But at at about five minutes before the reading, he let us in and very, very low key guy, nice guy, uh, simple apartment. And that's where he does his readings, which worked out really nicely he, uh, I, Lisa let me go first. So I didn't know what to expect, of course. So we sat down and he meditated for a bit and he likes to hold something that belongs to you. And in this case, he held my phone, I think is what he held actually when it got down to it. Cause I hadn't, I had given Lisa my keys in case she wanted to go back to the car. He had told Lisa, she couldn't wait in the hallway because her stuff might get mixed in with my stuff, which I thought was pretty funny. I'm like, oh my God. So anyway, we got started and he did the meditation. I gave him my phone and we were talking and all of a sudden he, uh, he goes, okay, somebody's here. Somebody's here. And it turns out it was was my aunt and my, that's my mom's sister. My aunt and my uncle recently passed. I had taken care of them for years. Their grandchildren, unfortunately, stole all their money. My grandf- My uncle had prepared so well. He had a 401k, he had a retirement account, he had paid off his mortgage on his house in Emerald Island, North Carolina. He had done everything right and then his grandchildren and frankly his children as well because the grandchildren belonged to one of his children essentially stole all their money. So all their existing assets they stole, including, and this one still pains me, remortgaging their house. So the house that was paid off and before my uncle got Alzheimer's. That's what he knew. I paid off that house why is there a mortgage note on my house? I felt so bad for him because things didn't make sense. You have to imagine Alzheimer's coming on and he was trying to figure things out. Anyways, a big hot mess. We ended up losing their house in Emerald Isle, of course, because it was remortgaged. What the, the grandsons did is they essentially trotted my uncle around who was suffering from dementia and early Alzheimer's not wasn't early Alzheimer's, it was the it was coming on. He was starting to really have more episodes of not being really coherent. And I didn't realize that The two boys, they're not boys, they're men. The two men were trotting my Uncle Jack around and having him sign things. It's like he signed notes on cars. They bought cars and then didn't pay them off. So they were uh, repossessed. So all that money went to nothing. The big scam that I thought was amazing is they trotted my uncle into Verizon over and over and F you Verizon for this. They let that man keep buying phones. And that, they, he had a $50,000 bill at Verizon because he was, kids were having him buy the phones. Then they would take the phones and resell them as perfectly usable telephones, especially for the first month, right? Before Verizon caught on. And they would sell them for big bucks because I guess in the drug world, that's how you get your hands on a phone and that's how you don't have to pay the phone bill. And then some old man is basically running up this amazing debt. And one of the grandsons was a meth user. The other one's just a criminal. I just hate him. The older one is just a criminal. Anyway, back to my story. So when we found out that my aunt and uncle were in this much trouble, basically I had to go in and do like a forensic accounting, which if you know me, uh, those are two words. I can do forensic, but accounting, not really my strong suit, but I was going to do it. I did forensic accounting and figured out not only had their whole retirement net been spent, but also they were in debt for nearly a quarter of a million dollars. So the only thing I could do, and thank God for this, my uncle got a really good retirement because he was injured ex-Air Force. So he got a really good check. So all I could do is hide them, essentially get them off all grids so no creditors or anyone could find them and their grandsons couldn't ever do anything with them. Get them both declared incompetent to sign contracts so I wouldn't have to then be obliged anymore by their behavior if if the grandsons got them to go sign things and then pay their monthly bills and take care of them. So, anyway, I took care of them for about seven years, maybe seven years roughly, paid their bills and did as much care as I could until essentially they were so, uh, they were so in their ready, you know, they're basically aging ready to die. And then they went back to be with their son in North Carolina, in uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. So I've been there a few times. In all doing that, it was my aunt who pushed forward first, which would be like my aunt to push forward first and say that she didn't understand what was going on when she was alive and she wanted to think. And I have to tell you, that is so weird, but it made me feel so good. I mean, believe or not believe, and I'm going to choose to believe because I could use it, but it made me feel so good to have her come forward so fast to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and thank you. And she did apologize as well. She said she didn't understand through the medium, again, through the medium said she didn't understand what was going on and had no idea. Then my grandmother came forward, who is probably my most favorite person in my life who has passed. She lived to 101. And she said that she had met my daughter, even though my daughter wasn't quite born yet. My grandmother died. April and my daughter was born in July, but she had told me she had already met her. She was um, declining in the nursing home, and she said, and she knew I was pregnant. She could feel the baby in my belly, but she said, "I I've met her. I know her. She's the right kid for you." And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. So I always have considered that my grandma did get to meet my daughter, because again, you can choose what to believe, right? So I believe that was true. My grandma is also historic for showing up at the death of my cousin's child. Stacy got in a horrible, horrible bike accident died and witnesses on scene said they saw an older woman who as described to my other family said that was my grandma Lila and that old lady they said an old lady came and took Stacy. Isn't that weird? I mean took her like they could see them take her. So I've always believed my grandma's got an eye out and keep, keeps up with everybody and looks out for the kids and all those things grandmas are supposed to do. Anyway my grandma came forward and she was happy to see me but then and this is the part why it's relevant for my blogging and everything else very soon after, the medium says, I think your dad is here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, this will be interesting now. And then the medium starts laughing. And I'm thinking, okay, this is weird. And he goes, oh my gosh, your dad just said, I didn't believe in this crap when I was alive but tell her I'm here, I'm here now. And I believe now, and I couldn't stop laughing because that is my dad. He absolutely didn't have any sense of spirituality. That was just not on his radar. And he didn't, he wasn't karma, none of that stuff. That wasn't, he he believed in being, doing good, but I think he did it typically with a motivation. For him, doing good was a means to an end versus someone like me who were doing good. is just how I roll. Like, it's just how I am. So the fact that he came out first thing and said, I don't believe, you know, I didn't believe in this crap when I was alive. That was spot on. So now if you don't believe, if you do or don't believe with that, I was pretty much convinced, okay, that's my dad. So then my dad said, thank you. And that he was sorry for everything he had done to me. And I know I haven't really gotten into this yet, because that's like, of course, the deepest, personal, and most dark stuff that I could ever talk about is my relationship with my dad. And I will get there. Um, that's why I love this blogging. I'm getting there. He he was he's kind of a shit to me. He was pretty much a shit to me. So for him to come through and then apologize, I was really happy about that, and I was willing to accept it right there. I don't need any more. That was enough. If he if there's a sense somewhere in the in the universe that he knows that he was inappropriate and didn't treat me the way he should have. And frankly, I wish he was here right now and we would be discussing politics and all the other things that are fun to discuss when you have a worthy opponent. That would have been so awesome. I realized during these Kavanaugh hearings, I so wish my dad was alive because I would have liked to talk to him about the strategies that people are using to get him appointed or to fight against the appointment. I just like all the the strategies and how, how you have to think about what you're doing and how to influence. And my dad loved to talk about that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty pissed that he didn't get his shit together and that he's not here right now for us to talk about that. But the fact that he came through, I thought was amazing. So then I told the medium just a little bit about what happened because he said he passed very quickly. And I said, yes, he did. He did. I don't think he expected at all to pass. The channeler, the medium talked a little bit about just how sometimes there's a reason for why people past when they do and there's a higher purpose and all the kind of stuff that we've all heard, like maybe there's a reason. I'm not a big fatalist, so I have a hard time with the reason. But at the same time, I do understand that it's up to us to have purpose for the things that happen and that we can decide that there's a good purpose for the things that happen. And that's how I took this. It's like, okay, you you may have gotten some lemons, but really you have an opportunity to make lemonade, which as you know, I think really has happened with this case. With an arrest, we started to make some lemonade around DNA, around getting to meet each other, about how we talk about it now without fear, but with the sense of conviction and how things should move forward. So I do think we were making some lemonade with these lemons. And that's what I, that's how I um, felt even when he said, I'm sorry, I took it as sincere and legit. Because why not? Why should I go through life being mad about things? Let's accept the apology. And let's um, consider it legitimate. So I was telling the medium about like, yeah, they died and how all these things had just happened. I didn't want to tell him at first because, you know, you want to see what he comes up with on his own. But as I told him a little bit about that, I said, I'd like to know if Charlene is there. And he said, yeah, she is here and she is with your dad. They are together, absolutely together. And she wants you to know. And now this is the big part because this is where I started crying. Although I don't think I'll cry now because I am kind of wound up. He said, she wants you to know that she left her body before all the bad stuff happened. And he didn't know all the bad stuff. I didn't go into details with the medium, but I said, okay. And he said, yeah, there was someone with her, someone maybe named Michael. Now her ex-husband is named Michael, but." I don't think he's passed. I've tried to check, but I think he's still here. So I'm wondering if someone else, but there was someone with her there that had helped her move through the crime, which I thought, okay, I'm going to choose to believe that as well. And that she, she didn't experience it. Like it didn't damage her psyche in that way. It, it you know and it didn't do as much damage as I might've thought, or as any of us might've thought. So that was a bit of a relief as well. And then he described my dad as being really happy and running around with his good friend. And he kept saying, you you know, if you haven't done a reading before, the mediums, like my mom would be the first one to say, no, we've got to test him. Let's make something hard. Don't tell him anything. Let's see if he can get anything right. That's so my mom's constantly never, she's not a big believer. So I didn't tell him a bunch of stuff up front, but then he went on to say that. Th- so the way it works is he'll say like a partial name, like t- ticket or some sounds, like sounds like a name that sounds like. What was really interesting is they kept saying there's some, somebody with Charlene, g- like a grah guh, gah sound, but he couldn't get the name. And I'm like, it's not Gary, right? Because that's my brother. He goes, no, 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 not Gary. No, there's some, it's another name. He goes, never mind. we'll come back to it. Just let it, and he made a little note to himself on his piece of paper. And then we kept going, which is interesting. Come back to that. So he was talking about my dad being super happy. He was with his really, really good friend. And he was trying to, again, come up with a name. And it was like Eck or Tech or something like that. And it wasn't until I got home that I realized it was probably Bill Peck. Who was a very, very good friend of my dad's, who just died last Halloween, just a year ago, and I didn't know. I did not know. It's one of the things I found out since D'Angelo's arrest, and it actually made me burst out crying because I, I love my uncle Bill, and he was so close to my dad. They had gone to law school together at berkeley and they just knew each other and worked together in ventura and then my uncle bill after my dad died he went on to become a judge and he worked a lot in family court which we always thought was ironic because he didn't have a family and i know when my mom and dad got divorced it upset him so much and then when my dad was murdered poor uncle bill he, he he didn't talk to us after i think not because he didn't want to i don't think he could i think he was so wrecked by the whole thing his best friend just gone just gone so when I got home, I realized tech, it was Peck, Bill Peck. And that made me super happy to think of my dad running around, getting in trouble with him, like, or just having his energy, having Uncle Bill's energy around. Cause that means the two of those asshats are probably creating all kinds of trouble and wherever they are, uh, that's how they rolled in real life. So I'm sure they're, I mean, oh, smart ass trouble. They were smart asses together. So funny and so wickedly funny. So anyway, I was happy to hear about that. As we're moving through all of this, all of a sudden, uh, we're we're moving through that. We're talking about some other people. Um, I had asked about kind of, kind of maybe where should I, what direction should I go in? But that's much more psychic than medium. So it didn't really work. I mean, it doesn't work the same way. But what he, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden he goes, oh my God, the name. Who Charlene's with? She's with Gladys. Okay. Swear to God. Gladys could not be in my head, sitting around in my head. It's not a name that just sits there because Gladys was Charlene's grandmother. Gladys was adorable and I remember her very favorably and very positively. She was a grandma by the time I met her, I think in her eighties, super sweet Since Charlene, uh, or I'm sorry, since D'Angelo was arrested in April, Charlene's cousin has found me through the blog and everything, and she's awesome and remembers a lot of Charlene's childhood. So I'm going to talk to her before I write the blogs about Charlene, and I know everybody's waiting to hear about my dad and Charlene and more personal stuff. Don't worry, it's coming. I just have to actually work now, so it's slowed me down a little bit. Um, Charlene's cousin has been amazing, has said things that have absolutely validated what I saw in Charlene as an adult. Carol knew from Charlene being a kid. And so I want her to really help me in describing some of the stuff from Charlene's past. But one thing for sure is they both have the same grandma, which is Gladys. When I said, oh my gosh, Charlene's cousin has reached out to me and he goes, oh, Gladys did that. And I thought that was awesome because I'm like, well, of course she did. Of course she made sure that Charlene's cousin knew how to find me and that we would start talking. And I, I'm really enjoying Charlene's cousin. So it was a, it's a very good hookup. I'm really happy with the connection, but I love that Gladys was there and that was the name because it was so random. And then as if to convince me that there was still merit in what was happening here, like this was all still good. All of a sudden, my dad shows back up, and he goes, and the medium's looking at me, and he gives me that puzzled look that they do sometimes when they're trying to figure out even enough to tell you the client. He goes, "Is there something about your daughter's nose? Your dad wants you to know he he knows about her nose." And I just started laughing because now out my daughter, and she probably doesn't want this outed, but. Yes, she had a nose job. So it was something Katie studied up on and did all the research and felt really strongly about because she did such good research and knew exactly the kind of surgery and the one that would cause the least scarring and all this stuff and who was the best at it. I went ahead and let her do it. And it, not a lot of people know about that. It's pretty much a fi- family thing, although yeah, we'll just keep it a secret among us. But the fact that my dad showed up and said, Katie's nose, Katie's nose. I thought, oh my God, he's really working hard over time to prove to me that it's him and he knows what that he's here. So I have to say that was super cool because it just was the sense of validation. So my hour wrapped up and I felt like I got a lot of good out of it. I was really happy. And at the end, they talked, he talked a little bit more about some of my mom's relatives. And, um, that was great because her family, my, on my mom's side, a lot of people have passed in the last couple of years. So. Um, my more mom, she's, she was born when my grandmother was 40. So her siblings are, were 16 years and nine years ahead of her. So yeah, now my mom's bringing up the rear because all of her siblings have passed and her parents have passed. And all she has is me and my brothers and my brothers freaking never show up. So it's me and Katie. Anyway, my mom's hilarious. All you have to do is get her drunk. The point is, then when I was done, uh, Lisa came in and I was like, I'm going to go sit in the car because I don't want to screw up your reading with my stuff. And uh, so I went down to the car and Lisa did her reading. And I, I just sat in the car and was writing up some of the things and trying to keep track of my memories of what was happening in the reading and called my mom, of course. Well, when Lisa got to the car, she said, holy crap, your dad showed up in my session and said, I need to tell Lisa, thank you because I needed to talk to Jenny. And if you hadn't gotten her here, she wouldn't have gotten here. So thank you, Lisa, for getting her here. Now that, there you go. See, I told you my dad, he was very good with people. He liked to, he was, had proper manners, but he actually thanked Lisa at the beginning of her session, thanked her for bringing me up there and doing this. So now I think I got to do it again, maybe in about a year, try it one more time and see what happens. But I, I thought it was a really good, Thing and it made me feel a lot better. I, th- I think at a time when there's been so many things happening that none of us expected, and just the arrest has tr- has churned up so much. And of course, for me, because I don't have body memories of D'Angelo, right? I'm a, I, my parent, my dad and stepmother were murdered. This thing was somewhat abstract for me. in in a weird way, because I didn't even see bodies. like It just all happened abstractly. I, I believe it's true. I know it happened, but I don't have memories like the rape survivors have. What's been happening is I'm actually learning about this experience more and more from the wonderful women that I'm meeting. And they tell me more about what happened. And then I understand and I internalize a little of that. And I really felt for Charlene and I really felt for my dad because I've understood more. It's less abstract, right? It's much more concrete. I've got people next to me holding hands, giving hugs to people who went through this. I'm glad I'm not triggered by a body memory. I have watched folks go through this for the first time in that courtroom when they see him for the first time and they have seen him before in the past, as you know, from the crime. I don't have that. So I can, I have this one level of being removed but what's come up for me is a because I had a kind of shitty childhood and I for sure had a shitty relationship with my dad what's come up for me is a lot of crappy memories from childhood so i think having these the, having the reading and having some of these things just acknowledged that i didn't frankly expect. I, because I didn't know I was going to a medium. I wasn't even mentally prepared. I thought I was going to a psychic. So because I was going to a medium and then to get these messages, they were they were both powerful and at the right time. And I have decided that I'm going to absolutely take them in and let them do their job and heal because I don't want to. I, I, I like being happy. I love being happy. Uh, who doesn't? I like being happy. So I've decided how I'm going to react to all of this. I know I owe everybody, some more podcasts. And I'm going to get, the, get those in the bank. And we're going to get into the funeral soon. And I'll do another one of the newscasts that talks about the, the coverage at that time. And then the contrast to what was really going on behind the scenes. I'll have that coming up. I'll probably work on that over the course of the week. In the meantime, Shana Tova. It is Rosh Hashanah today when I'm recording this. And I hope everybody has a happy Jewish New Year. Here's the trick to Jewish New Year. I love this about Judaism. Today, you get to throw away all the bad things you've done in the past year. Essentially, you atone today and you say, take it. I'm done. This badness happened. It won't happen again because I'm going to change my behavior. And what we do, what it, it attached like services, you throw the bread out on the water, which is representative of the, all your misdeeds, your, um, travesties, all the, the badness of the year before. You throw the bread on the water, which I always think, aha, the seagulls are eating my badness. But you throw that out there and you start over and you blow the shofar. We don't have a shofar. I don't know why we don't have a shofar, but we do have a conch shell. So we will traipse on down, not tonight, but tomorrow night, actually, because I want to have my other good friend here. But we will traipse down to the Santa Cruz Harbor and blow our conch shell and celebrate the new year and start fresh. And it's, I cannot think of a better thing to do because I am in a great mood to start fresh. I'm working again. The kid is coming together and life is getting much better. And, and Now D'Angelo's been formally, formally charged with all the charges and we don't have to think about him honestly until December, which is kind of nice. I like not having to think about him. It gives me lots of time to think about all the other stuff. So I hope you will have a good new year and I will be back with more very soon. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it. And I'm out. Until next time.